Hey bosses, this week's sponsor is Athletic Brewing Co. Use coupon code BOSS20 to save 20% off non-alcoholic craft beer. I'll tell you more about them during the break. Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey, bosses, and welcome to episode 265 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Today is the anniversary of me being in Sri Lanka for one full entire year. And that's crazy because that is the most amount of time I've stayed in any one country since I started traveling full-time back in 2008. Think about that. For the last 13 years, I've been on a plane, a train, or on a bus to another country, usually every three to six months or so. I've always liked to travel slow. I have based myself out of places like Thailand for six months, you know, up to 10 months at a time, but never ever have I spent an entire year in any one country. So to celebrate, And because of the inspiration from a few people who have asked for a solo episode saying that these are the ones where they've gotten the most knowledge bombs, most insight on my life and what is going well, and also the lessons learned, I've decided let's record a solo episode with updates on my businesses, my investments, my visas, (laughs) uh, my relationships, my goals for the year, travel, all the lessons learned, and the state of online business and being a digital nomad in 2021, which I think for a lot of people is kind of a crazy year. So before we get started, let's talk about some of the previous guests I've had on recently. I've had on some really big names and some really, really good episodes. Uh, 264 was a Tim LaFell. He's the author of The World's Cheapest Destinations, as well as A Better Life for Half the Price. And he was recommended by Tim Ferriss. And it was really cool to be able to hear and talk to the guy uh, who inspired Tim to find these cheap countries. He's been an expat for a long time, definitely knows what he's talking about. Fun uh, chat with him. Uh, Michael Thorpe was 263, that was living abroad as an expat, getting a second passport. And I actually just did a follow-up interview with him for my other podcast, Invest Like a Boss. If you are more interested in the investment side of it, how to invest overseas, what to do about things like physical gold, online savings uh, accounts or physical savings accounts in other countries and other currencies. That's going to be a really good episode to listen to on Invest Like a Boss. And I believe that's going to be episode 171. Mike Swig talked about uh, Tbilisi, Georgia. We had the Nomad Summit update in there. And Mr. Nomad Numbers uh, talked about living in Taiwan and the gold visa. Mita Karaman talked about the Barbados welcome stamp and living there as a nomad. Will Chope former UFC fighter, working his way back up there. Uh, He was quarantined in Korea at the time, but since then has had a few fights. And a really popular and super knowledge-packed episode was 258 with Charles No. This is about success and mindset and staying productive. This episode was so full of value that we just kept going. (laughs) It ended up being almost two hours long and almost nothing was cut out because it was just full of knowledge bombs. So please listen to this, regardless is you know if you're in you know affiliate marketing like he is, he you know gave tips and insights that you would pay hundreds of dollars for. Uh, speaking of hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, 
Curtis Fields, episode 257. Uh, he was talking about slow travel, minimalism, nomading with a family, and his dropshipping store. And actually, since then, he's just recently sold his store, cashed out, and then kind of just disappeared. He's like, all right, I've given tons of value to people. There's enough for everyone to get started. I'm going to go enjoy my life now. I have money, and I'm happy. So congratulations to Curtis. Thank you for all your help and support through all that time. Uh, and I'm glad you're enjoying life now. 256 with Kevin Martin, 30 and a wake up. He is RVing around the world and YouTubing uh, and actually making pretty good money from it. And he was actually a member of my course, Income Boss. Uh, you can use coupon code TRAVELBOSS for 50% off. And that was all about how to monetize an, an audience. And episode 255 was with Chanel and Shihan, who are my Sri Lankan friends here in uh, Sri Lanka, that really inspired me to make my YouTube videos more cinematic. So it's been really funny. So we've had a ton of great guests on for the last couple months. And I realized that I haven't really given everyone an update. So first, uh, my apologies for only having one episode usually per month. Uh, to be honest, it just was, hasn't been a big priority for me. I've been focused on other things. And to be completely honest, I think I'm, I've been a bit burnt out with online business. I've been working online since 2013 full-time, and I lived, breathed, and slept online business and entrepreneurship. I've created over 14 streams of passive income from everything from publishing books on Amazon to selling physical products through dropshipping, many multiple stores, selling those stores, starting other stores with it, to creating online courses in networking uh, on Udemy and a host of other businesses that if you want to know more about them, uh, search for Johnny FD passive income streams on YouTube. There's a video called my 14 streams of passive income. I go through all of them in vivid detail and show the screenshots. And to be honest, I feel like I've shared enough for every single person to be able to go out and create a viable business. And that's honestly why I've kind of just been taking a break. Uh, it's one of those things where if you've been listening to the past 264 episodes, there's so much information in there that every single person listening to this could have started a business by now. You know, we've gone over a hundred different business models. So, you know, just in case you didn't want to follow my footsteps in going Kindle publishing, drop shipping, and then uh, blogging or YouTubing, you could have went any of these other routes and they all work. You know, all, all these people I've either met or vetted and it's good information. So that is why I've kind of stepped away from the online business and I've been more focused on the other podcast, Invest Like a Boss, because that was a big goal of mine for the last couple of years. I really wanted to get to half a million dollars in Vanguard index funds. If you're not familiar with the, what that is, an index fund is a low-cost way to own the entire basket of, you know, for example, U.S. stocks or the top 500 companies in the U.S. or the top 2,000 international stocks. And Vanguard's a company that you know, they just have really low funds. You can also use Charles Schaub or Fidelity, any of these companies. Out, they all have index funds. And the reason why I wanted to have half a million in these funds is because it's a relatively safe, at least diversified way to invest money. And on average, it will grow 7% a year, plus or minus, over time. Some years it'll, it'll go up by 25%, some years it might go down by 25%, but on average, 
you're making around 7% a year. And what's great about that is that can be around $35,000 a year in growth. And that's dividends that the stocks pay out as well as the actual value of the stocks increasing. And that's like basically equivalent of having a okay job in the US. Uh, 35 grand a year isn't the highest paying job in the world, but at $2,900 before taxes, it is a good amount of money. So even you know with taxes, it'll still be over $2,000 a month in money that I can potentially spend. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't want to drain it down too much. Um, we talk about that more on the, on the actual Invest Like a Boss podcast about things like the 4% rule, why you shouldn't withdraw more than that per year. But on average, that was a big goal of mine, knowing if I can make $2,000 a month in dividend and stock income or growth, that means I can essentially retire and live in cheap places like in Thailand or Sri Lanka or Portugal or other you know, cheaper destinations in Europe, Bulgaria, Greece, Ukraine, Poland. And that has been a huge goal of mine, which is why I've been so focused on the Invest Like a Boss podcast, finding different ways to invest my money while being safe and diversified. And that podcast has really grown to be really big. Uh, and we have sponsors there. We have a full-time producer now, Derek, that we brought on board. We have a Patreon. So that's really been my full-time business. And you know, big thanks to the Travel Like a Boss uh, community, all of you listening, because without you, I never would have known how to build or create a podcast or grow podcasts. And I wouldn't have the skills or network to have done so. Um, and because of this podcast, I've been able to team up with Sam Marks, who was a multimillionaire when I met him and wanted to learn how to invest his own money and be able to connect with CEOs, you know, ask the questions that he wanted to know for his own portfolio. And since then, I had grown my net worth from around 100 grand to, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years to be a net worth millionaire. And this is all from moving to Thailand with a couple thousand bucks from selling my car and back in 2008 and working you know, as a dive master, a scuba diving guide for a few years before I wrote that book and before I got into dropshipping, before I started my online businesses. So I've really, really kind of struggled and clawed my way through. Probably the biggest tip I can give anyone and the thing that really saved my life really is saving 80% of everything I earned these last seven years. There's a quote that someone once said, it's not about how much money you're making, it's about how much of it you're keeping and how much of that uh, it's earning you. So how much you keep after your expenses and how much that money continues to earn you in whether it's dividend or growth or passive income. I actually knew a lot of people in Chiang Mai that were crushing it with affiliate marketing, with dropshipping, with Amazon FBA, a lot of different businesses. And they were all just spending money as fast as they would get it. And most of them don't have any savings. And most of them have to keep working and struggling. They took big risks uh, if they did invest. And they have to continue working. I'm in a very, very fortunate spot where I can literally retire today. And I actually gave it a shot. I, I actually briefly stopped working completely and retired a couple years ago when I was in Bali. And I just got annoyed and fed up with the, I don't want to say the, the, the scene there, but you know, if you've ever been to Bali, everybody there is a life coach or a success coach or you know, some kind of lifestyle Instagram coach. And most of them have never actually had a real business and they've never actually made any money. All they've done is taken nice photos in Bali and kind of sold the lifestyle as 
look at me, I'm amazing, I have a thousand followers, and you know, I'm eating you know, vegan smoothie bowls and avo toast every day, and I'm living the life, I'll sign up for my coaching program. And I got really just fed up with it and tired of it, especially because Bali was kind of attracting all the new nomads, you know, the people who I really liked, you know, meeting the, seeing their energy and getting, you know, inspiration from them as well, helping them get started. And Chiang Mai just wasn't as attractive on paper. On Instagram, Chiang Mai isn't as beautiful. You know, it's a beautiful place to live in, but Bali just has this appeal of, you know, being much more Instagrammable, you know, being from Eat, Pray, Love and ultra spiritual. Chiang Mai is a better place kind of overall, better infrastructure, uh, better food, more variety, you know, things just work. It's way safer, but it kind of just lost its footing to Bali because Bali was just so much more popular from the Instagram crowd. And that's honestly the biggest reason why I never liked it there. I felt like I was back in high school and I was trying to compete to be somebody and be cool. What I liked about Chiang Mai, it was way more welcoming. Where Nobody cared what you wore. Nobody cared how many followers you had on Instagram. It was one of those places where everybody was welcome. And there was no hierarchy. There was no cool club to go to. There's no bars. It was just, you know, people hanging out. And it's a shame that COVID has kind of disrupted both countries. Thailand has become very strict with their visas, so a lot of people had to leave. There are still some nice communities there, especially in Koh Penang. Uh, I have a few friends in Chiang Mai who are still hanging out and enjoying life there. Things are cheap. Uh, you know, there's enough things to open because unlike Bali, Thailand is really a place where you know Thai people actually live. You know, there's not that many people in Bali that, that live there that don't work in tourism. You know, I think less than 10% of actual Indonesians, you know, are living in Bali doing something else besides working in tourism. While Chiang Mai, even though it's a, you know, relatively touristy uh, city, really it's a home for Thai people. So most things are still open, restaurants are still open, and it's been great. Uh, Bali's been kind of uh, this weird thing where they were completely closed and, you know, trying to get rid of people, but then people started trying to sneak in through this business visa, and the you know, Indonesians kind of cracked down on that and actually deported a girl for talking about it. So now there's still people there, but they're super hush-hush and they're afraid to, you know, mention that they're working online. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. Sri Lanka has been kind of the opposite where it's been completely closed, so you just can't get here. Uh, recently it's open, but there's a 14-day level one hotel quarantine. What that means is there's not an official quarantine. You don't have to stay in your room but you have to stay at a hotel that is certified to be safe and secure for the first two weeks. Uh, and actually you can do, you know, seven days at one and seven days another. But what it is, is these hotels are closed off to the public. And if they have a beach, they have, you know, basically security guards or, or, um, or military preventing locals from going to that part of the beach to interact with the guests. They're just trying to keep into a travel bubble and it's pretty cool, to be honest. I think it's a great way to quarantine. If you have to quarantine for 14 days, you might as well do it while having access to the entire resort, you know, to the swimming pool, to the restaurants, and to the beach itself. You can swim the ocean. You can even surf if there's a surf break in front of the uh, actual resort itself. Uh, there's one that I'm actually going to next week. That's a Ayurvedic retreat center, a huge property ground and jungle and a swimming pool. So I don't think it would be that bad to hang out there for one or two weeks. And a, kind of a travel hack is you can book one for seven days and then a second one for another seven days. And what that means is you have seven days on one location and then you get to move to the other so you just never get bored. 
And you can even go on some excursions after you do your second PR test or your COVID test. And you can basically take an organized tour. You can go to a safari, you can go to some temples, but these are kind of uh, monitored tours where they're making sure you're not interacting with other uh, people or other locals. The only downside for all this is it's going to be normal tourist prices. So expect to pay anywhere between $80 a night for full board, which is all your meals, which really isn't that much if you think about it. So anywhere between you know $80 to $150 a night, depending on how nice the hotel is. Uh, you can check it out. I have a video on uh, YouTube, Johnny FD. Look for Sri Lanka Reopens Tourism there for all the details and a link to the 60 hotels that you can stay at. Speaking of YouTube, that has been my full-time job or career or focus in this past six months or maybe even longer now, maybe eight months or so. My subscriber count as of today is 52. 2,600. I'm sure it's even higher by the time you listen to this. And it's grown a lot. And my income actually peaked at over $2,500, not including some sponsorships, Skillshare, Rosetta Stone. Those have unfortunately run out. And my revenue has dropped a lot. It's dropped back down to around the $1,000 a month mark. I think a lot of it had to do with just the audience watching. So when a lot of Americans were watching, the ad rates were higher. And now there's a lot of Sri Lankans watching and a lot of actually people from Turkey watching. Uh, shout out to my Turkish fans. Uh, and they came through my friend Ingen, who I've been traveling with here in Sri Lanka. So about a grand a month for me too, but I really enjoy doing it. So I'll continue doing it. It's really fun. Uh, I actually have the next 14 videos already edited and uploaded in the queue. So if I don't film anything for the next month, I'll still be okay. The only downside is everything comes out, you know, three weeks to four weeks after it's actually happened. So sometimes it's a bit weird uh, watching it kind of like a TV series that was, you know, imagine you're in a reality show and you already knew what happened six months ago. <laughs> but when it releases, uh, that's when it's live for everyone else. I used to do a monthly income report on both my blog, johnnyfd.com, as well as YouTube. But the YouTube videos were so rushed and hard to make because it would take me so many hours just to write the income report and do my accounting for the month. And then to make the video, edit it, upload it, it was just too much time. It usually ended up taking me two days. And those videos actually weren't watched that often. You know, I think people liked reading the blog posts and scrolling down and looking at the numbers. But a lot of people were just too lazy to watch a video about it. That and the fact that my channel has become more of a travel channel. So a lot of people don't actually care about being a nomad or minimalism or saving money. Even though, honestly, that is way more important than just what to see, what to do. You can focus your time on having a life where you can travel forever and you can see everything. Or you can try to find you know, the top five things to do in two weeks when you go on a holiday. But unfortunately, that's kind of uh, the direction it's become. Where people want to see what life is like. Know, traveling, uh, but not necessarily how to sustain it. Luckily, I have so much content, including a completely free dropshipping course that I created during the lockdown. You go to dropshiplab.com, enter email, and you can download and watch all the videos there and learn how to start a store completely for free. Uh, it's It was kind of my way of dropping all the knowledge I had from seven plus years of running and selling dropshipping stores for some people you know want to do it themselves. And speaking of the dropshipping store, it's uh, been kind of uh, a tough, strange year because right now I have two stores that I'm co-owners of that I helped start 
And the first couple months when we were in Chiang Mai together, you know, I really spent a lot of time and energy getting it off the ground. But since then, my partners have been running it completely. I, you know, I haven't logged in or helped at all for the last you know year pretty much. The agreement was that I would have a third of the store for launching the store, getting it started, and checking in once in a while when they needed help. And the goal was to sell the stores after one year of profit and be able to cash out, make some money from that. It's been uh, kind of tough for me and my partners because on one hand, I did my job of getting the store started and we were making sales and the store was mildly problem. It wasn't as, uh, there wasn't as many sales as we were all hoping, but to be honest, a lot of it was because they just didn't do what what it took. Uh, every month I would tell them, hey guys, we need to you know, check the, the top 10 products that people keep clicking on. We need to rewrite the descriptions. We need to add more value to it. We need to uh, get some reviews for it. We need more photos, you know, things like that. And for whatever reason, every month it was the same thing. And I just got tired of telling them that every single time. And you know, part of it, I understand, you know, maybe because there weren't that many sales coming in, they just felt like they were just dragging their like, uh, you know, I'm putting in all this work for, you know, for nothing. But I've been through this process so many times where I know this is just what it takes. And finally, this year, uh, sales really picked up, at, ironically, during COVID when people were at home sh- shopping. And the stores have made a lot of money. I mean, they've made sometimes $70,000 on sales a month. It's insane, which is, you know, three times as much as we would have made normally in a good month. But these guys worked really hard and they did all the work. So from their point of view, this, you know, this last year was completely them and they are correct about that. So now we're having kind of a, we're kind of in a weird spot where, you know, they feel awkward paying me for the work that they've done this last year, while the agreement was for me to own a third of the store for getting it started and launching it, which I've done. So that's kind of my weird uh, spot with my dropshipping stores. Obviously, dropshipping is working really well, <laughs> or we wouldn't have you know we wouldn't have this uh, this dilemma because if it just wasn't doing well, then nobody would have cared. Um, and but I realized that if I was going to do all the work, or I was going to log in and do half the work, I might as well just uh, just do the store myself because I can do everything that needs to be done in half the time of me explaining it in the first place. So that's kind of a tricky thing. But I definitely won't be doing another round of partnerships, or uh, I'll not start another store with a partner. Because honestly, it's just too much work. I, I might as well just do it myself if I'm going to explain it and then wait for them to do it or not do it or have questions. And that way I can just keep the, all the profit for myself. And on that note, I'm in a weird financial position where I have enough savings and investments. And with this crazy bull market run where everything's going up, and all the stocks I own, I don't really need to work. You know, the cost of living are so low in Sri Lanka. I'm literally paying $230 a month for a beachfront apartment. And it's beautiful. I'm in this great office. We have a nice kitchen. I have a super nice room. It includes all utilities. And I'm just not motivated to make more money because there's nothing I really want. You know, I'm happy being a minimalist. I'm single again now, which was my choice. And I realized that having a girlfriend who wants, you know, to live in luxury places and spend a lot of money, it's not something I want. You know, I worked way too hard these past you know eight years and I saved and I sacrificed way too much and too hard to just you know waste money doing things that I don't actually want to do and the biggest problem with it is when I was living very comfortably in this big luxury villa and eating out great food all the time and ordering dessert and wine and drinks I was just getting fat and lazy and that's not healthy you know I gained 
10 kilos in the last year, which is like 20 pounds. If you saw my photos from the 2020 Nomad Summit in January, I had abs showing again. And now I can barely see my feet. And it was literally just because I've just been lazy. I've just been too comfortable traveling to luxury places, staying on yachts, staying on five-star hotels, staying in beautiful villas, and just eating amazing food and not doing much. And it didn't help that my girlfriend at the time also just really enjoyed that lifestyle. She didn't really want to work out or serve, do those active things. So success is a funny animal. We all strive to become financially free. We think that if we find a great relationship with someone who cares about us, our needs are met, and financially we're we're set and we don't have to worry about money, that we'll be happy. You know, a lot of people strive towards retirement or you know, having a girlfriend or getting married, thinking that that'll make them happy. But I can tell you right now, it doesn't. You have to have something else going for you and you always have to have goals. And once you stop striving for more and you stop having goals, you're gonna be unhappy and you're gonna be unfulfilled. So for me, my goal for the next two months is to get back in shape and surf as much as I can while I'm here in Sri Lanka. I know how fortunate I am to be here to have 80% off accommodation because there's just nobody here. I just wrote a long blog post called One Year in Sri Lanka on johnnyfd.com about the deals that are going on. And I'm so fortunate that I'm one of the few nomads that has a decent income. And even though I'm not making as much this year as I was before when I was running my own stores and growing my entrepreneur, you know, my my businesses, I'm still making a few thousand dollars a month. And that is way more than most people in this country are making. I, I would assume I'm in the top 97 percentile of, of income earners, especially with the uh, people who are stuck here or the tourists who have chosen to stay here. A lot of them uh, are living off of savings still, or maybe they have a little bit of money. You know, they might be a social media manager, you know, make a couple hundred bucks a month, or maybe they're uh, an English teacher, you know, working you know, a few hours a day. But most of them are not earning more than a thousand dollars a month. And then what that's allowed me to do is stay in the really nice places that are $500 a month that people just can't afford because they're not making $500 a month. And even now that I'm staying in a place that's only $230, I'm, I have extra money. So last night, I actually decided to stay at another hotel that was also on the beach, just a different one, about 25 minutes away, simply because I wanted to have a few drinks and I didn't want to have to drive my, uh, my motorbike back. And the next morning, I wanted to work out of my favorite cafe. It's called Skinny Tom's in Unumatuna. And I just figured, you know what? For 3,000 rupee, which is like $15, why drive home? <laughs> I can just stay in this nice, beautiful hotel on the other, other beach town and enjoy life there. And this is something that I was never able to do back in California. There was no possible way that I would have the money to stay on Venice Beach for a night, even though it would have been great to you know, spend the weekend there or to drive down to San Diego on a whim and just say, okay, I'll spend a few nights here on the beach you know, just because I can. But because things are so cheap right now and have the extra income to do so, it's really been fantastic. So what my advice is to everyone, to get your income up to a point where you're not trading time for money. The biggest problem with teaching English or working as a freelancer, uh, doing social media management, translation, or anything that requires your physical time for money, especially if you're on a schedule, is you're never going to get off that hamster wheel. Unless you're making so much 
where you ha- you're able to save 50% or more of that income and then use that for something else to invest or uh, just even just to tuck, tuck aside, you're just indefinitely going to be trading time for money. I don't know of a single English teacher who like, loves their job. They do it because it pays good money. You know, $20 an hour sounds like a lot of money. The problem is it's exhausting work to be able to entertain and just give that energy to everyone. I mean, to be honest, even recording this solo podcast takes a lot of energy out of me, which is why I don't do it that often. But I know how valuable this information is of sharing these life experiences and sharing these tips to thousands of people. So I'm willing to do it because it's recorded. I recently downloaded the Clubhouse app because somebody invited me and I gave it a shot. You know, I actually spent two days going through different you know, talks and drop-ins, figuring out how it works. And I realized it was largely a complete waste of time. Sure, you sometimes have big names that will go on there and drop some bombs. Naval, or I don't, you know, I don't know who else has been on there recently. Uh, Elon Musk. But the thing is, those people could have just went on a podcast or went on YouTube and dropped those same bombs and people would have listened anyways. And it would have been better because instead of just a few thousand people hearing you know, those knowledge bombs once and then forgetting about it and not being able to share it, they could have just recorded it on YouTube or on a podcast and shared it with millions of people who could have benefited. I think the only reason why Clubhouse is popular is because it's an exclusive in- invite and it feels like this closed club that you have to be part of the cool crowd to join. And also touches people's FOMO receptors where people are so scared of missing out because it's not recorded that they get excited and they feel like they're part of something because they're there listening. But here's the thing is you're not interacting. When you're in the audience, you know, you have a button that says leave quietly or raise your hand, but those don't do anything. Like nobody cares if you leave quietly. And if you raise your hand, no one's going to pick on you to, you know, to join the conversation unless it's a tiny room with, you know, with no one in there. So you then you have two choices. You can either host your own clubhouse talk, which then you're either just waiting there, you know, trying to build an audience by following a bunch of people and hoping they follow you back and, you know, trying to build up the social proof that way. Or you're reaching out to your existing audience and moving them to this platform clubhouse instead of just putting them on your own platform. If you were smart, you would funnel those people into your own platform, do your own webinar, collect their email addresses and own that audience. Why would you build up someone else's audience where they can go somewhere else? It's, it's completely stupid. It's a waste of your time. The only people that benefit from it are people who already have a name and reputation, like Elon Musk or Naval, where they don't have to do any of that. They can just hop on. Someone else is doing all the marketing for them, and they can have a platform uh, to speak on. And the second are people who are actually nobodies that are not actually that successful, but want to appear to be on the same level as very successful entrepreneurs. And on Clubhouse, they can sound extremely smart. If you read the bios of everybody on there, everybody sounds like a multimillionaire, uh, tech investor, enthusiast, uh, founder or something. But if you really look into what they've done, most of them have never actually done anything. <laughs> most of them you know, have a net worth of three figures or four figures. And it's... It's an easy way to make it sound like you know more than, than, than you do. And it's a way for people to network with each other that are hungry to network. The problem is those aren't people you want to network with because they're just other you know, people that just want to network and not build deep relationships. The people that I've networked with are people who, have, you know, they generally get to know you because you're friends first. They met you in person, you know, whether it's at a conference 
or uh, you know, through friends or at an event. If someone gets to know you in person and they get to know you as a friend first, these connections are way more valuable than adding someone on LinkedIn or following someone on Instagram who's also added 50 other people that same day to try to build up their, their Brillo decks. So personally, I hate Clubhouse. I think it's a complete waste of time. I'm not gonna waste my time on there. I hope that people record the actual valuable talks and just put it on YouTube on a podcast so we can listen to it later because obviously there is very valuable information on there. But what's a waste of time is building up your profile by following a bunch of people and trying to build up this kind of reputation on there as someone who's also this awesome foundering person. And that is exactly the world that I've checked out of. And I'm glad that I'm not participating in that social hierarchy. Uh, my friend John Ban just started a YouTube channel, and I think he's going to start a podcast too called uh, Sigma you know, Life or Sigma Male or something. And I didn't even know what this meant. I was like, like, what is this term? And I watched one of his videos, and he basically just said, you know, in life, there's, you know, the alphas and the betas, you know, whether it's males or females. And everybody's trying to climb this ladder. A sigma is someone who just steps aside and says, you know, I don't need to be part of your herd or your tribe. I'm just going to do my own thing. And they can be at the same level as the, the alphas in the group. But because they've checked out of the need to be part of this hierarchy, they can create their own rules. And that's something that I feel like a lot of us entrepreneurs and digital nomads have done, where we've checked out and stepped aside and said, you know, wait, I don't need to climb the corporate ladder. I don't need to get an MBA so I can get a job interview. So I can work at a company for 25 years so then I can hopefully become a manager one day. I can just learn how to start a business and be my own boss in two years and i can network and you know meet people who I actually want to be friends with and travel with instead of just these business contacts that you're just trying to use each other to you know refer clients or just grow your 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 ayurvedic you know, or vegan coaching brand whatever it is so this has been a really weird year for everyone uh I don't mean to sound so negative. I really actually am in a weird spot right now because life actually is so good that I have nothing to complain about. And it's a weird spot to be in. And I wish that everyone can have the same you know, first world problems while living in a beautiful paradise third world country. But the realization I've came to is trying to help people start a business from scratch is hard. And I've realized now, I've always knew it was hard, but now I realize how hard it actually is. But Elon Musk said it best. Someone asked Elon, what is the, you know, what is, what is a way to motivate someone to become a successful? What is something you can say to them? Like what, you know, like what can, what can we tell them? And Elon said, if you need someone else to motivate you to become an entrepreneur, you're not fit to be one. And that really touched home with me. And I realized he is absolutely right. An entrepreneur is someone who, despite what anyone else says, will just push forward and self-motivate and work towards the dream, even if it was unproven, even if no one else is telling them, you know, you can do it, you know, you can be a success, even if they're not part of a mastermind or group coaching where everyone's going to lift each other up for each other clients. A true entrepreneur is someone who will get things done regardless of if it's ever been done and what other people say. And that is a sad fact of why most people will fail with an online business. Most people will fail with a dropshipping store because they're just not self-motivated. And the biggest problem with something like a dropshipping store is there's very little financial investment to actually 
get started. You know, you're paying $29 for Shopify, you, may, you might pay $10 for a logo or something, but because you're not very invested, you're probably not gonna follow through. You know, the first time you have a, a hurdle, and you're like, oh, what is an EIN number? Or what's a resale certificate? Oh my God, you know, how do I upload this product? And you just quit because you're not invested and you don't have someone pushing you and motivating you. The reason why a physical business, like an FBA business, Amazon FBA fulfilled by Amazon, it has a higher success ratio is because people are investing five or $10,000 buying products. <laughs> And they're going to be sitting in a warehouse costing them money every month. That's motivation. That is why people will pass through these hurdles and these speed bumps and say, you know what? I got to figure this out. I got to figure out how to sell these products or I'm losing money. You know, that was all the money I had saved up. I got to do it. And whether they figure it out on, on their own, they pay for coaching, they take a course, they will do, you know, they will figure it out. So whatever situation you're in, realize that... If it's too easy and you're not invested, you're probably not going to be successful unless you are the 1% that Elon Musk is talking about, that you are self-started and you're motivated. And that was really disheartening for me because I really thought that everybody has what it takes to be an entrepreneur and everybody can you know, start an online business. And the longer I've been you know, stepping back and taking a look at the reality is you know, most people don't, like, they, they just don't have what it takes and they don't have the motivation and the drive to do it. They want to live the entrepreneurship lifestyle, but most people don't actually want to put in the work. And that is a sad fact. I do like the motivation that comes from things like in-person events. And that's why I host the Nomad Summit every year, even though some years it literally loses money and it takes me so much planning. And I think this is why I have so much time now to reflect on life and what my goals are. It's because for the first time in six years, I'm not planning an event. <laughs> I'm not spending, you know, hundreds of hours arranging something. I don't know if the Nomad Summit's going to happen again in 2021 because if travel doesn't completely open, I'm not going to put the risk of, you know, putting a $10,000 deposit on a venue and, you know, uh, selling 100 tickets or 200 tickets to have to refund them again and then lose money on that side and, and spend so much time and energy dealing with the customer service of running all the emails or all the tickets. So that's kind of the, the reality. This might be the end of being a digital nomad at, in terms of the way we thought about it. I'm sure it's going to continue in some way, but it might be that people are just going to have to you know, figure out their own little tribes and create their small events or have little bubbles wherever they are. So as far as 2021, my plan is to stay in Sri Lanka for the next couple months. I've been very fortunate that we've been able to extend our visas here up to 15 months <laughs> That's so crazy to be on a tourist visa for 15 months. And best of all, I've never had to go to immigration once. In places like Bali, you have to go to immigration twice. And the immigration isn't even in Ubud or Chenggu or any of the popular cities. They're near the airport like three hours away. And it's such a pain in the ass. So what people do is they pay an agent to go drop off the passport for it. But you still have to go there to pick it up. So... When you're paying for an agent, you're just saving yourself one trip. So instead of two times, two trips to immigration, now you just have to do it once. It's such a pain. I hated it. That's another reason why I hated it. But in Sri Lanka, it's been amazing where you can just email the company. They'll come to your hotel wherever you are, pick up your passport, and then come back in a few days and drop it off. And you can pay online through TransferWise, and it's so simple. And that is a huge reason why I've been so happy to stay here this time, this amount of time. But I do miss travel. I want to go to Europe. So in 
probably April, May, I will go to Ukraine as planned last year. So I'll be one year behind, but I will go. So speaking of Sri Lanka, this week's sponsor was athleticbrewing.com, which is the non-alcoholic beer. They were kind enough to offer to send me a case. Unfortunately, they can't ship to Sri Lanka, but I had them ship it to my cousin and his girlfriend, or his wife actually, in California. And we logged in to a FaceTime chat of them drinking two of the beers to see how they tasted, how they poured, how they looked. So they got the Running Wild IPA and the Upside Down Golden Ale. Uh, They are both winners of Craft Beer Awards, and the Run Wild IPA actually won World Beer Awards in the U.S., and also the Best of Craft Beer as gold medalist. Very cool. Uh, So they tested it, and their verdict is don't drink it warm (laughs) like all beers, But if you keep it in the fridge and chill it, and even better, pour it into a chilled glass, you will have a really nice experience. So it was fun drinking these beers with them over FaceTime. I can't wait to actually drink it myself in person, but it is a very cool way of being able to have the experience of drinking a craft beer without the alcohol. So check them out at athleticbrewing.com. And because it is an all-alcoholic, they can actually ship directly to your doorstep, which is pretty cool. So give it a shot. I think the Run Wild IPA was the clear winner uh, for their taste, at least. Um, But actually, she, uh, my cousin's wife, is normally a stout drinker, a Guinness drinker. So Athletic Brewing, if you're listening to this, please send them a case of the all-out stout. I would love for them to try it and see how that compares to their normal alcoholic uh, favorites. All right, bosses, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I tried to drop a few knowledge bombs and also just let you know what's going on in my life, what I've been up to, and what it's like retiring as a nomad. It's kind of uh, anticlimactic because you would think that I would be celebrating and jumping up and down saying, oh, I make enough money now where I can live in places like Thailand uh, or Eastern Europe forever and never have to work again. But it is a weird feeling of, you know, kind of uh, thinking now, now what's next? So I'm sure I'm going to figure out my next plans and have a next big goal. For now, I will hope to see uh, you guys on the surf break here in Sri Lanka if you do come out. Sri Lanka is open and there's very few people actually going through the 14-day quarantine. So I think it's going to remain pretty cheap and quiet for a while. So if you've been considering coming here, this is a great time to come. Check out my YouTube channel, Johnny FD for videos of what Sri Lanka is like, as well as the video about tourism reopening with all the information. And hopefully I will catch all of you somewhere in the world. If you have any questions, feel free to send them in. You can follow me on Instagram at Johnny FDK. Same on Twitter. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook. Just send me a message somewhere. And fun fact, this is the first episode where I've switched to anchor.fm instead of uh, my paid host, which was Limson. So let's hope this goes out smoothly and nobody even notices the uh, the transition because that is the epitome of a smooth transition is when you don't even notice. So hope you enjoyed this episode and see you all in the next one. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. 
See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.